Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. and ham check my name is richard kb5jbv and welcome 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 it is a wet stormy humid muggy sweaty night in texas and this is linux in the ham shack hello everybody Hello to our friends north of the border. Hello to our friends south of the border. Hello to our friends uh, west of the border and east of the border. Uh, all our friends. Hello. I'm sure I said it before, but I'll say it again. My name is Richard KB5JBV, and let me introduce to you the guy who really runs his show. In fact, there's so much host in that one man that he has to spread it around. Russ, K5TUX. Say hello to everybody, Russ. He fell out the chair again. No, I just thought I'd sit and make you squirm a little bit. Oh, I'm doing enough of that. <laughs> My chair is made out of vinyl. Uh-oh. All right, this is Russ, K5TUX. Good mushroom to everybody out there. That's right. That's right. Good mushroom. Yes, good mushroom. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 88 of Linux in the Ham Shack, um, where I'm usually at, up between the peaks of North Central Arkansas, Richard's safely tucked away in his cardboard box. We have another episode full of nothing and nobody, and we'll make another 90 minutes out of it, I'm sure. So how's it going down there, other than the storms that are disappearing on you? Well, it's really weird, because tonight here in North Texas, we have storms coming in from the northwest, and we have storms coming through from the northeast. You know, you can't find a decent surface map anywhere. I'd be able to say something intelligent about it. I'm, I'm sure we're probably on the on the cusp of something. However, they kind of petered out as the sun started going down, even though they did scare folks a little bit. I come in here and told Brent, I said, if my phone rings, unplug it, answer it, and bring it to me. Because I was standing outside watching something that appeared to be a wall cloud forming up and pulling in clouds and everything else, and then it got rain wrapped. You know, if you're looking at the side of the storm where the bad stuff is and you're kind of on the east side of it and it gets rain-wrapped, you probably don't have to worry about it much. Anyway, they petered on out. Life is good. Uh, like I said, hot, wet, muggy, stinky, and Fred, the four dwarfs. But other than that, we've been having a ball. We've been going to work. We've been uh, messing with stuff. We've been listening to intelligent people talk. And just all kinds of stuff. So how's been with you? Oh, things have been okay here. I've been slowly taking over the Mintcast, one episode at a time. 
Yes, I saw that. Yeah, they they don't know it yet, but it's going to be all me here before long. It'll be a hostile takeover. That's right. Well, it may not be hostile, but we're definitely going for a takeover. If you take over, they'll be hostile. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do we have anything to talk about tonight? I see you've put some stuff in our little etherpad thing. I, I have some stuff. Let me go over there and just pull something out of the etherpad. You're going to pull something out of your etherpad? Out of the etherpad. All right. Well, good. Let's see. What looks interesting? I don't know. Here's one that's always fun. Pimping the band. Pimping the band. Let us pimp the band. We don't talk about the band much because I, quite honestly, I don't have a very good memory for things like that. And I hope they don't get up as upset at me. They should get upset with you because you're their friend. And, um, y'all, you know, pimping the band. Everybody wonders where that wonderful theme music for Linux in the Ham Shack comes from. And the band be uh, Leo Ganomus. No, Gamma Leonis. Gamma Leonis. And uh, we told them they, we needed some music, and they whooped some right up for us. And, and it's not so bad. Okay, it's pretty good. <laughs> There's some Gamma Leonis. Really go listen to them. So, huh? There's some Gamma Leonis playing right now. pretty cool huh yeah y'all should go listen to that stuff it sounds pretty good here huh i said it sounds pretty good here yeah but we don't know what kind of speakers they're listening to us on that's true well anyway gamma leonis you know go ahead i was i was listening to queen today in the van and i didn't have the radio set right because brenda keeps changing stuff because she doesn't like the way the country music sounds on it and it sounded pretty bad however back to pimp in the band pimp in the band y'all go over and check out gamma leonis and listen to some of their stuff actually some of it that uh, i listened to was quite uh pink floydian Pink Floyd and I have created a new phrase. I'm coming up with new words and phrases daily, y'all. It's just most of them aren't fit for the podcast. However, y'all go on over and check them out. Russ can tell you where they're at, and I bet Bill could even put a link in the show notes for them. So uh, where did they find Gamma Leonis? Well, the last time I looked, you can go to soundclick.com stroke Gamma Leonis, or if the website still works, you can go to www.gamaleonis.com. He's uh, actually doing a couple of projects now, and uh, a lot of progressive rock, a lot of ambient-type stuff. So if that's up your alley, go send him a buck or two and uh, buy some of his music. I'm sure he would greatly appreciate it. And we appreciate Dave for having done our theme song. He also did a theme song for my other podcast. And... Uh, I don't know. We'll probably squeeze some more music out of them here at some point. That sounds hopeful. And the question in the cat in the chat room is, uh, Wallian? No, we're talking about real Pink Floyd music. Yeah. So back- y'all go on over and check out Gamma Leonis and, and join us next time for Pimpin' the Band. Let's see what else we got here. Oh, yes. Uh, are you familiar with Tom KB4HQA, Russ? Yes, I do believe I have heard of that call sign. I think I have his card, as a matter of fact. I think he, he came by the booth at uh, Hamvention. 
He did. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. He was there. Uh, Tom, for those of y'all who don't know, has a podcast. Or, well, it's a video podcast uh, called HQA Radio. Well, he has a site called HQA Radio, and he does two or three video type podcasts out of there, amateur radio related. Uh, there for a while, he was doing a live show on Sundays and stuff like that. But yes, Tom was out at Dayton. Turns out that Tom was leaving the Dayton Hamvention on his way to the airport and was involved in a serious car wreck, which nearly killed him. He suffered damage to his arm, damage to his uh, neck, was in a coma for five or six weeks, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, he had been down, been out there and visited and enjoyed and met people and all this good stuff, and on his way to the airport, zap. Well, I didn't know about this until the other day. Cause I'm working on a secret project and I was going around checking out some of the other uh, podcasters and stuff. And, uh, that's when I found out about it. Uh, nobody bothered to mention it to us, which they should have. Yeah. I'm not sure who would have told us, but I didn't know anything about it until you just said it now. Well, there you go. Anybody that listens to his show and listens to our show. But, uh, anyway, there is a little uh, article that gives a little bit of a idea of what, what was going on over at CQ contest lists.contesting.com. It's in the archives. Uh, it's called, uh, HB4 HQA or KB4 HQA in Dayton hospital ICU. Somebody posted over there that, uh, many of you saw or met Tom this weekend at Dayton at the crown plaza. He is an awesome guy great friend and is behind the scenes superstar for contesting. He was the brain power and hardware supplier for the contest webcam from the from the crown plaza. And my mouth is not working. Many watched who could not attend Dayton on the way to the airport Sunday morning. He was involved in a terrible car crash is in ICU with a broken neck, broken shoulder, his blood pressure was critically low yesterday after surgery, so that is why they are keeping him in ICU. There is no nerve damage. Uh, after a long hospital stay and a ton of rehab, he should be okay. I talked to Tom today. He is in tremendous pain, and all he wanted to tell me was that he is sorry for the delays in getting the video recordings from the weekend posted for you guys to watch. Tom is always thinking of others. Please keep Tom in your prayers. I was over there and I went ahead and watched a, a video that he posted here a little while back. His Sunday shows are not happening right now because he is unable to do them for the most part, but he did put something on there for his uh, viewers and that kind of stuff. Letting, letting everybody know that he has no plans to give up, that he's getting better all the time and that he looks forward to being able to getting back to get back to uh getting this stuff out for folks so uh you know i myself think that he is a, not only a superstar ham radio operator he is a superstar podcaster uh after all that his primary concern is getting the show out for his listeners what do you think about that russ well, I think that's fantastic, although I think he's a little bit nuts, too. I mean, it's just a podcast, after all. But, hey, well, this is 
you know, it's, it's actually probably part of his rehab, you know, making him feel better, getting him on the road to recovery, kind of making things as normal as they used to be before the accident. So he's probably doing the right thing for, for getting himself back to a hundred percent. And, you know, I've, I've had interaction with him over the years, just not a whole lot. It's not like Jerry over at, uh, PARP or, uh, some of the others that have come to me asking questions and stuff like that. But, uh, we have, uh, exchanged email once or twice and, uh, I'm just glad the guy's getting better. We can never have enough amateur radio podcasters spreading the good news of amateur radio. And, uh, from Linux in the ham shack, I would like to say, Tom, if you're listening to us, we hope that you, uh, are able to recover soon. We know you're on the way, but, uh, it's liable to be a little while before you're, uh, back to, back to 100%. And we wish you well, buddy. Your turn. <laughs> well, <laughs> all I can really do is reiterate that sentiment. So instead of doing that, I'll just say, get better, Tom, and maybe we'll talk to you on the air soon. And there you go. All right. So, uh, with that, Let's see what else we got. Oh, they're talking about whiskey in the chat room. Um, well, why don't you pick one more of these topics and then we'll move to a break so we can, uh, we can keep this one a little bit shorter than the last one. What do you think? Well, let's do the word police. I like the word police. You know, we used to have problems with the word police. Word police would write us emails and stuff and tell us how we were saying things wrong and, and misspelling and and all that other stuff and believe it or not i used to get a little steamed about that however i don't know how many of y'all have wives and those wives like cooking shows and on public television there is a cooking show called america's test kitchen now i've watched this thing two or three times and i know this has nothing to do with amateur radio or linux However, it does have to do with the word police, and we have dealt with them before. And I was uh, watching this show as I drifted through the other day, and it turns out that the gal that goes in there about halfway through the show and cooks something, and uh, it's always, you know, something that they've been working on for a week, checking out how it was going to come out and all that good stuff. She was there when they were doing it, when uh, the guy that runs the thing was doing feedback, and the feedback was about her. And I don't even remember what the word was. However, apparently she'd been pronouncing it wrong for the 20 or 30 years that she's been a working chef. And I thought to myself, y'all need to turn around, face the camera and say, bite me, bite me. And we support America's Test Kitchen because they come up with some pretty good stuff. So podcasters out there, bloggers out there. Those who have been victim to the word police, y'all don't worry too much because if a old and established institution like America's Test Kitchen can run afoul of the word police, well, shoot, we can say what the hell we want to. So, uh, any comments on that, Russ? Well, you've got me curious what the word is now. I'm trying to find it. I do get a little pedantic about, you know, language and grammar and things a, like that. It was a... It was the last episode that aired. Well, I don't watch America's Test Kitchen, although maybe I should now that you mention it. Might have been on Saturday. Good show. I do watch a lot of cooking shows, but nothing on public TV, so I'm going to have to check that one out. 
I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. either. Well, I, yeah, I, and since it's on public TV, there ain't no commercials. Mm, always a good thing. And they talk about what's like the best ingredients, steak sauces and stuff like that. And they talk about like what's the best pans to use and knives and stuff like that. It's just like really cool. America's Test Kitchen. Y'all check it out on PBS. PBS. All right. Coming to a station near you. Surely, surely they have public television up there where you're at. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Cooking in the Ham Shack. There you go. You know, a little side trip. Russ is in Arkansas. Yes, I am. Now, I had family in Hope, which are, well, not exactly Hope, Hempstead County and the Ralston area and stuff, down to the other end of the state. And the one time I got drug up there when I was a kid, I couldn't watch my Saturday morning cartoons because they weren't no TV stations that you could pick up at my at my great-grandfather's house. I, I would I, imagine by now, y'all, surely there is a public television station up there. Well, there's one in Little Rock. I don't know about in the Hope area. I don't know why they called an Arkansas town hope because there is no hope around here. It's a nice place. You're just too far north. Yeah, maybe so. Just boring that here. Man. That's all. It's that fish smell. Fish smell. smell? Smell like fish. Maybe you're too far south. No, it don't smell like fish down here. Well, <laughs> only on Friday night if you've had a little too much drink. <laughs> All right, let's do some music. Then we'll come back with some actual content. How's that? We're heading down the slippery slope. That's we'll right. Be back. Threw some music together so we'd have something to uh, annoy KB7QOA. And uh, this one is uh, the television song by Brian Dunn. So enjoy.
crying Please don't think to question why We're not trying to type you We made you into what you are A candy-coated superstar But there's a thousand others like you And it's all I dozed off. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't so bad. I wish I had uh, paid attention to the words because, like, I bet it was interesting. Yeah. I probably shouldn't say that, y'all. <laughs> Russ is the musical director on this program, and the reason Russ is in charge is because everybody says my musical tastes suck. It's not that your musical taste sucks. It's that it just tends toward the blues and nowhere else. Uh-uh. Uh huh. Well, maybe that's not all you listen to, but that's pretty much all you play. Well, that's because the format in which that was uh, uh, showcased is because that's the way it was. I okay. see. Okay. And if you li- if you listen, there's just as much country music on on that particular program as there was blues. Yes, okay. sir. Yes, you're right. So, what is it you want to say about Black Sparrow Media? Oh, Black Sparrow Media. We you know we don't spend a lot of time uh, uh, promoting Black Sparrow Media. BlackSparrowMedia.com. Formerly a, a resonant frequency uh, uh, entity, but now it's kind of morphed and, and turned. It's kind of like, I don't know, Frankenstein. It's took on a life of its own. Now, now Russ is like signing everybody up and their sister. Well, I think he's signing everybody up to get it to their sister. But that's okay. Hey. He signed it. <laughs> Just because you're the funny man doesn't mean you get away with everything. But I did. I wasn't talking about your sister. <laughs> no, I didn't think you were, but still. All right then. Uh, <laughs> Take my sister, please. This is Arkansas, but I only work here, I swear. Take my sister, please. <laughs> anyway, what? Black Sparrow Media. I yeah. got something else to do. Uh, Black Sparrow Media. Uh, so... If you are within the sound of our voice, if you are a podcaster, know a podcaster, listen to a podcaster, think about listening to a podcaster, think about doing a podcast, uh, get a hold of blacksparrowmedia.com. Go on over and take a look. Make it your first choice for spreading the good news that you have a podcast because you can sign up over at blacksparrowmedia.com. It doesn't cost a thing. All we ask you to do is put a little stinger on the front of your show and we add you to the prestigious list of shows that are aggregated at blacksparrowmedia.com. I need to be careful. If I keep using those larger words, people are going to think I actually know something. Y'all go on over and check it out. Go go take a look and see if it might help you out right now. It's primarily amateur radio. However, uh, that we're looking for shows like on amateur radio, on mint, technology, ant farming, cooking, word policing, whatever you might want to do as far as a podcast, as long as it is uh, uh, entertaining. At the, at, at the very least, PG-13. <laughs> Oh, we can have R-rated podcasts. We just, you know, needs to be designated as such. We just have to keep a children app. That's right. 
that's that's would, but see that's that's parental responsibility the parents are supposed to keep their children out it's not up to us you hear that people get out and police your children that's right damn it i advocate for parental responsibility especially since i'm not a parent damn it and the thing <laughs> is that you 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 have to understand that if you sign up for black sparrow media women will be automatically attracted to you your breath will be fresher your hair will grow back you might find that dog that you lost 20 years ago and if you don't have it the opposite will happen women will reject you your hair will fall out your mustache will grow no even worse your eyebrows will grow grow in crooked so you need to check it out check it out since we're talking about black sparrow media i would like to reference the fact that you know a few months back we got a message from pete saying he wanted wave guides to join black sparrow media and he went ahead and did that and he joined black sparrow media and then the South Cars Radio Network changed how they do that open forum that he used to record, and now instead of doing it once a week, they only do it once a month. And okay. as far as I can tell, they haven't done it for the last mo- uh, two months. I already talked to Pete, and he said that they were still going to do it, but I haven't seen it. And the last I heard, the next episode or the next live you know net that they're going to record is supposed to be next Thursday, August 12th. So I guess we'll see if he puts out a podcast after that. So look for that. But if you want to participate in that open forum and get onto the Wave Guides podcast, you just have to join the South Cars network there on uh, Echo Link. And I don't remember the node there. It's SCARS, the conference SCARS on Echo Link. And you could be a part of the Wave Guides podcast, assuming they ever do it again. So we'll we'll beat on Pete, and uh, hopefully that something will come of it. Okay. So blacksparrowmedia.com. Y'all go on over, check it out, sign up for it, think about it, listen to it, check it out. Uh, it's steadily growing and more and more stuff happening after the hostile takeover. Mintcast liable to even be on there. That's right. Hey, actually, I need to talk to them about that. They need to become a member. Hostile takeover or no. There you have it. So y'all go on over and check it out. Just dial up blacksparrowmedia.com. Uh, you ain't even got to put the dub dub dubs in front of it. Just uh, blacksparrowmedia.com. Okay. Uh, something else I want to talk to y'all about because there's a blank spot in the, in the etherpad because I ain't typed it in yet and I just now remembered it is that uh, everybody within the sound of my voice and even the people in within the sound of your voice, ask your friends. I want to know who your hero in amateur radio is. Who is your hero? They can be somebody still alive. They can be somebody dead. They can uh, be a historical figure. They could have invented duct tape. Whoever is your hero in amateur radio, I would like to hear about it. Send us some feedback. Put it on the website. Something. I would like to know because it's important to me. Actually, it's a kind of a research thing I'm doing for the new super secret project. So y'all get in touch with me and let me know. Do you have any super secret projects? I am not currently working on any super secret projects, but as soon as I am, then I will let everybody not know. How about semi-secret projects? Nope, not even semi-secret projects. Just working on the projects that I've already got going on. Russ has got no 
No secrets and no semi. I think we should nominate W1HKJ for Hero of the Amateur Radio World, though, because he did write FL Digi, which has got to be one of the most prolific and popular amateur radio pieces of software out there. Pretty historic. Y'all, uh, like I said, uh, that, that's something that I would be interested in hearing about from everybody listening to the show. And now that I know, because y'all were sloppy about bouncing around to the servers and stuff, now that I know we have listeners in Great Britain and in Germany and, uh, what's that other place? Oh, Spain. It's Hispania. I know that y'all are listening over there and there's even a couple of Portuguese guys listening. Y'all, y'all, uh, y'all tell us what y'all think about that too. Cause we would like to know some, uh, some of that there stuff thingy. Yeah. Okay. That's enough. Okay. Have you y'all been... go, y'all go over and check out Black Sparrow Media and send, send that stuff in, send it to me email, send it to, to post it on the website, blah, blah, blah. Have you got anything to say before I rattle on? No, I would like you to rattle on because I know there's a topic in here somewhere. We're getting there. All right. No, we're probably not getting there, but we'll give it a shot. Canada works too. Okay. So, uh, storm watching and working on radios before the show started tonight. Funny old thing. I had received an email about an ICOM 735 that wasn't working properly. And while I was busy trying to keep things squared away while the storms were coming through, I started getting questions about this ICOM 3735 as the chat room goes silent. And uh, while I was doing all this other stuff, uh, I walked through some basic questions. Uh, the, the problem was push the button, it no come on. It's plugged into power supply. Power supply works. Push the button. It no come on. Turn the power supply off. It makes a strange noise. Kind of sputtering. Now, I didn't exactly hear the noise, but I know the noise. Uh, the noise be sputtering. You turn the HF red or turn the power supply off when your radio's still on and the light starts to fade. And then the radio goes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Sputtering. So. I asked what the power supply was. I was told it was a, a an RS-20M, which pisses me off because I ain't got no meters on mine. But I ascertained that RS-20M would be enough to run an ICOM 735 HF radio. I mean, I've got a 20A sitting here on the desk. I've got its matching twin out in the garage. I've used both of them to run HF rigs and run VHF rigs at the same time. So uh, power was not an issue. And I thought for just a moment that it could possibly have been uh, the conversion. No, the uh, something in the radio that was not properly filtering the incoming uh, electricity. Now, you know, these power supplies are pretty good about turning that AC into DC, but sometimes ain't. And there's stuff in the radio to help take care of that. Sometimes it broke. But I set that aside, and I went back to Richard's basic troubleshooting philosophy, which is, I ask, have you changed the switch? Because, I, once again, let me repeat. Push the button, radio comes on. Push the button, radio goes off. However... A little bit later, I was told a little bit later, it was push the button, the radio no come on. 
push the button, radio comes on. Push the button, radio goes off. Push the button, radio go does not come on. Push the radio a button again, radio comes on. So uh, I ask, have you changed the switch? And I was told, no. And then we discussed the virtues of automotive uh, jumpers that uh, you use when you're working on car radios and stuff like that. And the fact that I prefer the ones with alligator clips on the end. And he went ahead and jumpered the switch. And guess what? The radio came on. Now, I have sympathy for the owner of an IC735. I had one myself, and not so much sympathy because they're really good radios. I bought mine secondhand when it was 20 years old, and it served me well for some time. And the only problem it ever had is that uh, the audio got kind of weird on 20, minute, on 20 meters if you let it set up too long without turning it on. So now this radio is working. I'm not going to tell anybody who it was that was having the problem. Unless they give me a, any crap. And then I will post it on the Resonant Frequency blog, the Linux and Hamshack blog. I will probably put it on Facebook, Twitter, Identica, Google+, and as many other places as I can think to put it. And now that I know it's really easy to put stuff over on the, the Mintcast website, I might put it there too. Okay, so uh, with that, we we've talked about that a bit. Now, uh there was some discussion over on the Mintcast uh, Mintcast the other night about alternate operating systems for uh, uh network hardware, routers and stuff like that. Uh Russ, uh are you uh, sufficiently boned up on uh, DDWRT and uh, OpenWRT? Not really because all I've done is install OpenWRT on one of my Netgear routers. When I got in there to start playing around with the interface, um, it was pretty straightforward, and I didn't have problems, you know, getting to where I needed to go. But I could never get it set up the way I wanted it. I could never get it set up the way I wanted it. Something, either the NVRAM needs to be cleared out, which was one of the suggestions I got on the Mintcast uh, last night, or something else is weird, and I never got the thing to do what I wanted it to do. And I was actually in the process of trying to switch it over to DDWRT, but then I was told that DDWRT sucks. And I don't know what to believe as far as that goes, but I would like to work with uh, OpenWRT a little bit more since that's what's already on that box. So I'm going to go that route and see what happens. But as far as in-depth knowledge of the system, no, I'm I'm not really super familiar with it. Well, I was just kind of curious. Uh, I'm planning high speed, the, uh, high, high speed multimedia project over here at some point. And, uh, I have several W, what is it? WRT 654Gs, uh, two or three of them. I've already bought, uh, the high gain antennas for a couple of them and that kind of stuff. And, uh, I'm looking at mobile antennas for the truck. Uh, those of y'all who don't know what high speed multimedia is, it's kind of like, uh, setting up a network with a router on the frequencies that that router already runs on. You don't have to tweak it none because the frequencies that, uh, these routers run on or that area is a shared allocation between part 15 devices and amateur radio operators. Uh, I don't think all the frequencies available in those routers are, but uh, there are quite a few that fall within the uh, shared allocation. You can, uh, there's a lot of guys experimenting with this. They're real heavy experimenting with it over here in this part of the world. Unfortunately, where as far as uh, 1.2 and 2.4 gigahertz and higher are concerned, uh, 
the guys that are doing the experimenting are 30 miles away. Unless I want to burn holes in every bird that flies in front of the antenna, I'm kind of out of luck. But we're going to look into ramping it up. And uh, one of the reasons I was asking Russ is because they were talking about it last night. And OpenWRT and DDWRT are, uh, are the two firmwares that they talk about using. And then there's some other stuff you load on top of them, too. And I guess I've asked you this before, Russ. Have you uh, looked in high-speed multimedia? It came up as a topic on the show a few episodes back, well, probably 10 episodes back now. And I know we said we were going to look at it and find out all about this cool new amateur technology for doing, uh, you know, broadband mesh networks using amateur radio frequencies. And you know what? I haven't looked at it since. I feel bad now. Bad, bad me. Yeah, well, I'm going to come back to it. And main reason I'm looking at it is because it would benefit us in MCOM really <laughs> a great deal out here. Because, uh, you know, we don't even have a two-meter repeater we can use regular. And if we get some stations set up and some guys that can go mobile, because I know these uh, these Linksys routers, after looking into it, I believe they're 12 volts. And if they are 12 volts, then they can plug right in in the uh, in the vehicle. And in the case of my van, I have a have an inverter that's built into the van itself. Uh, plus, I have one I carry around with me. Also, you know, the laptops and everything else that are available to uh, plug into these routers or even hook into them wirelessly if you need to are of great benefit to amateur radio operators nowadays. In fact, I've got, I have two laptops over here that have Linux on them. So I got the operating system for free. I got one of the laptops for free. And uh, unfortunately, I paid for the other one. It had Vista on it. So uh, I only use it for programming radios uh, or use the Vista for programming radios. So, you know, you take these routers, you plug them in, you plug them in, you got the right antennas on them, you got a network in place. You take these laptops and you get them plugged in in your vehicle. And I'm not sure what the voltage is, the input voltage on a, on these laptops is, but, you know, at the very least, carry some extra batteries. You can shoot video and send it over the network. You can uh, do voice over IP over the network. If you've uh, got a station nearby that uh, can bridge you into the Internet, you know, it, it seems like a really great tool for us. And uh, for those of you all listening, if any of you all are into the uh, high-speed multimedia, um, we'd like to hear more about it. We really would. I mean, I know you don't do a lot of MCOM stuff, Russ, but don't you think this would be really handy? I do think it would be really handy. I think it would be handy for all kinds of things, both just in general use and for amateur use. I mean, it, it has sort of all the benefits of amateur radio and uh, the wireless mesh technology, which is great. And uh, so you can create a wide area network with uh, cheap or very inexpensive hardware, and that's sort of right up our alley. Yeah, I mean, because you can pick up laptops that run on that you can stick Linux on and run pretty cheap nowadays because it don't take a lot of hardware to run under Linux. In fact, one of those laptops I'm talking about is Crunch. It has Crunchbang Linux on it. Let me tell you, it doesn't have a lot of memory and a lot of hard drive in it. When I was uh, testing it before using using DRATs, I tell you what, it was working like a champ. Actually, getting on the internet and stuff with it was a little more of a trick, but hey, that's a 
that's a lot of memory uh, sometimes. But uh, the great thing is nowadays these, these routers are getting really, really cheap, and that Linksys uh, WRT54 uh, is, I mean, they're they're out there to be plucked off the trees. I picked one up at a at a ham fest down at Belton, come think of it, a uh, year or two back. And it is a wireless B router, but uh, it can be used. I picked it up for, I think I, I think I gave seven or eight bucks for it. It works like it's supposed to. And not too long ago, I was looking at, well, when I was looking for the antennas that I had shipped in for the ones I have, uh, these things are out there. Uh, at least the Linksys ones are out there for less than $25 on eBay. As inexpensive and as plentiful as these things are, they're easy to get your hands on. So for a little bit of money, you might be able to get up and involved in this. And I'll tell you right now, antennas, for the frequency range that these things operate on, they are not very big and not very expensive to build if you want to go ahead and build one. If you know anybody that does any kind of microwave work, or you can get on the ARRL website and look around, uh, you'll find that the antennas for these uh, these really high frequencies, SHF and microwave frequencies, they are small, they're compact, they're easy to build. I know a guy that built an 11-element beam for, I think it was 10 gigahertz, and the thing was only about six inches long. So y'all check it out. You may have to have some amplifiers. They make some omnidirectional box antennas. Uh, you can check his stuff out and, and, and just go nuts with it. Because the stuff's there, it's available, it's off the shelf. What's not is not expensive to build. You can take all these parts, put them together, and that's what amateur radio operators do and Linux people do. Take all these parts, put them together, make them work together, and have a great time. And just in case anybody's interested, even if you're not into buying used equipment, the Linksys uh, WRT54GL, the Linux version with the slightly larger NVRAM area is still in production. You can go to Newegg and Amazon and places like that and pick them up brand new. And they're all compatible with all these open firmwares uh, for about 50 bucks, maybe a little less. They're definitely out there. I mean, you can get them used on eBay for almost nothing, but if you like new equipment, they're still available. So yeah, before we wrap this particular thing up, I'd like to, you know, advise all of y'all to get out there and type in high speed multimedia and amateur radio or type in high speed multimedia mesh. That's, uh, one of the things they're really working with over around here. And in fact, you can go over to HSMM dash MESH, HSMM dash mesh dot org. And uh, there's a whole boatload of information over there on, uh, you know, how to get with it, how to get into this, how to use it. It'll give you information on what it's, what it'll do and stuff like that. And you got guys from all over the country working on this. A lot of them here, some of them out in California. When I go over and look around, I see call signs of guys that I've been around for years and years. You know, they're the same guys that brought D-Star. A lot of them, same guys brought D-Star in North Texas. So uh, y'all go over and check it out. Remember, that's uh, hsmm-mesh.org. Or go to one. Just Google it, man, because y'all know I'm a big fan of Google it. So y'all go check it out. 
All right. With that, we probably need to go ahead and play some music so we can get on to the feedback and uh, maybe get out of here before the crack of dawn. What do you think? Sounds good to me. And I, I resolve to make sure that the next couple of episodes deal with HSMM from a practical standpoint. In other words, I'm going to have some real experience with it and also with the RTL SDR stuff because we've been putting that off way too long. So what are we going to listen to? I hear you got one of my favorite artists coming up. That's right. You uh, are also a big fan of women like surfboards and Brad sucks. And we're going to listen to a little bit of Brad sucks. I think this one's a little bit old now, uh, but I haven't played it on the show. It's called total breakdown and we'll be back on the other side with some feedback. Yes, and we are here to anoint you with all kinds of amateur radio and Linux. This is Linux in the Ham Shack. Welcome back. Yes, that is that was from Brad Suck's second album, uh, Out of It. And yeah, it's a little old, but Brad don't put them out real fast, Russ. I think he's working, still working on album three right now. He was talking about releasing it, uh, I guess it was last year sometime and then he quit talking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm on his Facebook page, so I'm trying to keep up with it. Oh, maybe he got himself a job or something. I don't know. He should go back to making music though. Cause he's pretty good at it. Well, you know, manic depressive gay guys, they, they, sometimes they just can't focus so well. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave that one alone. Why don't we do some feedback? 
Well, we love you, Brad. We do really do love you. But, uh, hey, man, medication. <laughs> well, at, at least from my perspective, I only love them in a purely platonic way. I can't speak for you. <laughs> I like Brad. Brad's cool. Brad yeah. is real cool. Cool. Anyway, so let's do some feedback and uh, let's see. This time, you know, we were talking about Leaf. I think it was last episode. It might have been further back than that. And, you know, we kind of worried, was kind of worried about him dropping off the face of the earth. But sure enough, we mentioned him and like Satan, he appeared. So uh, from Leaf, KC8RWR, there's a comment on the website which reads, Sorry, I'll translate the geek, geek speak for you. An NE602 is a frequency converter. I was just saying I'd like to try using one to receive a HF76 meter on RTL SDR since they don't normally receive below around 60 megahertz. And that was Leaf's comment, and I have no idea what he was commenting about. Maybe Russ can enlighten us. Yes, this was about a couple of episodes ago. We were talking about RTL SDR. We brought it up briefly in our little review of software defined radios where we were chatting about the various different kinds and something like that. And Leaf sent us a comment or sent us an email or something said he was working with, uh, I believe the RTL SDR product, like he says here. And that he wanted to add an NE602 to it. And then I was like, well, you know, I had to go to, I had to go to Wikipedia to find out what an NE602 was. And apparently what I read didn't make any sense. So he just wanted to say that he wanted to apply one of these NE602s to a RTL SDR piece of hardware so that he could get it to tune frequencies below their normal tuning range. Which, you know, they're usually pretty wide-banded. I think the whole point of the RTL-SDR product is because they can actually receive frequencies from, like he says, about 60 megahertz all the way up to about 1.7 or even higher uh, in the gigahertz range. So I guess if you want to use them to tune down into HF, you have to use a frequency converter. And that's what he's talking about. So... Anybody who wants to try and wrap their head around what Leaf is doing, I guess you can uh, pull out a J, get a little mellow, and start tinkering with your RTL-SDR. I think Russ is telling people to do bad stuff. Kind of. Holy cow. (laughs) All right. At least I didn't use bad language, which you've done three times, and I'm going to have to fix. Look, you know that I am a passionate guy. And my language, because I get passionate when I'm talking about stuff and it's reflected in my language. And some of it comes from having to hang out with the people I have to hang out with to get patches for my cardboard box. We're fighting people off from the trash can to get vittles in the evening. Come on. You know, you know. Of course, I was kind of distracted, too. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Leaf, for your comment. We've got another one from Leaf after the next one. So what's the next one here? You know, I can have a sort of sense of moral outrage if I want, as long as I don't point it at anybody. That's right. You can you can yeah. wrap yourself in it like a blanket. There you go. All right. So our next comment is also on the website, which is probably going to leave me lost. I've been busy visiting everybody else's websites. Uh, the comment comes from Brian, G3. 
XGY. That's another one of them guys that uh, doesn't cover his tracks too well, so we know where he is. It says, Hi, Russ. I just listened to Mintcast 124. Thanks for your input. My interest is Sam Radio <laughs> with a Linux Mint, but occasionally using Wine for the Windows apps. Yes, FL Digi is great. I've been licensed since, uh, since 68 and weaned on valves and ended my first career on 10 kilowatt sideband transmitters before retirement. I worked on microwave-linked Unix-controlled digital networks. I keep my hands in with Linux and QRP now. QRP. Now, as you suggest, I shall listen to LHS 85. Should be good. 7-3, Brian, G-3, X-G-Y. Russ is just about taking that. He's going to leave me for the Mintcast guys. Well, if everything works out, the divorce papers coming. (laughs) That's right. If everything works out the way I have planned, that may be happening. Holy crap. He's going to leave me for the mint guys. (laughs) No, never happened. Don't worry about it. I'm getting all missed over here. (laughs) All right. Do you want to say anything about Brian's comment or? Well, I don't know what the hell we talked about on 85. I must've been drunk. However, we, we, it must've been a good show. I should probably go back and listen to it. Apparently, I do my best stuff when I'm incoherent. All of our shows are good shows. Oh, I thought you were going to say you inco- all, all, you're incoherent for all of our shows. Well, that's what makes them good shows. Well, there you go. No, I mean, sounds good to me. I mean, he didn't say anything wrong. I know what valves are. He, he told us what valves are on, on the side, but I'm not a complete idiot. Uh, Richard, fact, Richard's a closet you know, lid. Excuse me? <laughs> oh, did I ruffle a feather? Well, I didn't hear you because it cut out again. <laughs> You'll hear it on the release part. He's going to be a butthead, y'all. That's right. Anyway, it's nice to hear that you're staying involved and uh, keep up the good work. Yes, FLDG is a fantastic, fantastic piece of digital radio technology. Well, software anyway. With that, what is your response to that? Did you respond? I have not responded, but I would like to say thank you very much for your comments, Brian. And I'm glad you listened to Mincast 124 and actually liked what I had to say, or at least were entertained by what I had to say. And Richard asked what LHS 85 was, and that was our uh, interview with David Rowe on Codec 2. I believe I brought that up on 124 over at Mincast uh, talking about ham radio because that's what we were talking about that night. And um, I believe I pimped our podcast rather extensively. So <laughs> it's basically LHS part two over there at Mincast. Anyway, um, thanks, Brian. Really appreciate that. Hope you enjoy LHS 85 and every other LHS episode you decide to listen to. Thanks for tuning in from over there in the the big GB, land of the queens, or queen, sorry, queen. Not anymore. Freddy's dead. <laughs> That's right. There's only one queen left. One they that matters. some other jacked up guy singing for him now. Uh, got me irritated. All right. Let's not get all upset about queen. Let's, let's move on to the next, uh, to Leaf's or, next comment. Or Farouk. He, he left too young. Okay, so the next one, Leaf is back. Thank God. I was starting to think that he didn't love us anymore. Uh, 
It left another comment on the website, KC8RWR. It said about your listener grant with the live CD asking for a password. Okay. I bet the CD for whatever reason wasn't able to recognize and or support his video card. So he was getting thrown to the command prompt rather than X and GNOME. No, I didn't think about that. That could have been happening. What do you think, Russ? I think that's very likely. And we didn't get a lot of information out of Grant as to the specifics of the problem he was having. But I will also note that after answering his question directly on a previous episode, we have also not heard back from Grant. So I don't know if what we told him has helped. We don't know if he's still stuck or not, but hopefully we'll hear at some point. And if his problem isn't fixed, we will continue to help him try and fix it. Yeah. And I'm kind of concerned about 13 anyway. I think my ex server is crashing and also from time to time. I mean, it's not kicking me all the way out to a prompt, but it's like, poof, the video, go, everything goes away. I get uh, some stuff that I don't understand, and then it locks. And the only way I can uh, correct it is to reboot the machine, reach down, hit the button, and start over. Yeah, that may be what's going on. Maybe. Of course, maybe I should talk to the guys over at Mintcast and see if they can help me out with that, because 13 been running really good over here. Except for that one, that little problem. And, uh, oh yeah, I get funny characters in the notification for my X check. Oh yeah, it crashed my video editor. I think I mentioned that. So thank you, Leaf. Thank you for, uh, uh, throwing that in there. I had not thought about it. Yes. Well, I sort yeah. of had thought about it, but I didn't say anything. I just figured it, you know, either way, it doesn't matter if you get a login prompt, whether it's the one from MDM or if it's the console login, you know, whatever login I suggested, whether it be root, mint or Linux mint should work. Doesn't doesn't really matter uh, which prompt he's getting, although his experience with Linux mint is probably going to be significantly degraded if all he has is CLI access. So hopefully that's not the case and he doesn't have some really off the wall video card or something that it just doesn't recognize. But if Grant gets back to us, we'll continue to work on this. There you go. I am the master of formatting. Y'all remember that because it may come up at some point. So y'all pay attention. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Leaf and uh, KC8RWR. All righty. So uh, let's see what else we got on our plate. Oh, I have one that came in my email box. It says, hi, Richard. I was listening to the conversation about Codec 2, and I thought back to an episode where you read an article from a guy that said amateur radio is dying. And one of the points was that amateur that amateur is copying what is out there lately and isn't advancing compared to what is around it. I find the discussion about Codec 2 interesting as it is a huge advancement for the ham community and the computing community at large. Uh, that's just my two toonies worth, or my two toonies. Uh, Harrison, B2HKW. Well, Harrison, thank you for writing in. And uh, this is not specifically an amateur radio thing, though. Uh, isn't that what David said, Russ? It's not specifically an amateur radio thing. It's 
it's the implementation of an idea he had for a very highly compressed voice codec, which could be used for pretty much anything. But interestingly, now that you say that, um, I was on, I'm still on the codec to mailing list and I got a, an email from the list a little while back, a couple days ago, a few days ago, whatever. And it mentioned the fact that if you go to the rotel.com website, which is David's blog, the author of Codec 2. Um, one of the articles that just got written there is Codec 2 wins the ARRL Technical Innovation Award. That's pretty cool. And if it didn't have anything to do specifically with amateur radio before, it certainly does now. Well, you have to also take into account that in the early days, a lot of the amateur radio stuff, the innovation and stuff like that that happened, I mean, it was Bell Labs. The guys at Bell Labs, they were all amateur radio operators. They had the equipment to work in, work with, everything else. And a lot of stuff was coming out of there. There's other stuff that uh, came out of there, too. I mean, uh, that background radiation that they monitor that's supposed to come from the big band, uh, big bang, bad big band, Glenn Miller and all them fellers. No. Uh, the, uh, the cosmic background radiation, you know, they discovered that at Bell Labs because they thought they had a dirty, uh, dirty antenna on a microwave receiver, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, and it has changed and morphed. And nowadays, most of the new stuff that comes along in amateur radio is where we've taken something that's uh, already been developed and find a new use for it. Or take two or three things and put them together in a way that's never been done before. But you know what? That's innovation. That have that innovation in anything. But as far as Codec Two is concerned, uh, where Codec Two is is fairly unique or pretty unique is the fact that uh, these guys built it from scratch. They're trying to get the get it to compress this audio down to a level where it's usable. Not only for uh, amateur radio, but for voice over IP. I mean, I know that uh, there's some things I do as far as video and audio that just slows my machines down to a crawl. And if you have less than perfect internet connection, that's a problem too. I think the whole point of the email, though, was that old jackass out there in in California who keeps getting out of his cage and uh, getting in the day room where the computer is at the wrong time of night. And where he's concerned, (laughs) amateur radio (laughs) is not dying. Amateur radio will develop and change and morph to fit the current situation. But I will tell you, things like Codec 2 makes me a whole lot happier about the future amateur radio than uh, the stuff that's around that makes me sad. What right. the hell is a toonie? Um, I don't know. Some some slang reference to Canadian money, apparently. But anyway, down here, down here it's people that watch too much, te- too many cartoons. <laughs> to sort of address the the point in the email about uh, the lack, you know, the apparent lack of innovation and and uh, amateur radio as a hobby dying. I'm looking here at the definition of the Technical Innovation Award over at the ARRL website, and it says the ARRL Technical Innovation Award is granted annually to the licensed radio amateur or to individuals who are licensed radio amateurs whose accomplishments and contributions are of the most exemplary nature within the framework of technical research, development, and application of new ideas and future systems in the context of amateur radio activities. 
that is the definition of innovation and Kodak 2 is the winner of that this year so good on you Dave VK5 DGR well there you go and thank you Harrison for that email all right so uh, we got another one from Harrison he says hello just wondering have you done any repairs on radios these radios being from the 90s uh, well, as we get a little further along, some of you will realize that uh, the radio in question is older than 20 years. Uh, as I have an IC735 that kind of died. And I was wondering if either of you could tell me what's wrong based on your prior experience or if I would need to send it somewhere. I'm probably not wording my sentences well, but I hope to get the basic idea I'm trying to convey Harrison V to H K W. I think you've already addressed this question. Did you not? Well, yeah. Before the show with the other guy, before the show with the other guy in the chat room. Yeah. Who do you think that is? Uh, Harrison, good luck with your radio issue. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. He just said, go ahead. Let me tell you something. Harrison got this old busted up radio up there in Canada and it probably suffering from frostbite and it's busted and it's broke and he can't even go to the radio igloo and get some contact cleaner. Well, I don't think they have radio shack up there. It'd have to be radio igloo and, um, and that kind of stuff, but that's okay. Y'all tune, y'all scroll back in the audio a little bit. And, and, uh, check out when we was talking about the 735, cause that was Harrison from over at Mintcast. That was all him. <laughs> all him. Every last bit. Every last bit. So, uh, let's move on. We have one more piece of feedback and unfortunately Russ is like, what the heck is that? I have no idea what that's about because there's no name on it, but I know where it came from. Oh, I know where it came uh, from. That's Claudio. So go ahead and read. This- that is Claudio from over at Linux basement. I guess he's still at Linux basement. Sort of. I hope he's not so much in love that he's give up podcasting. Well, I think it's more, uh, the other guy, Mr. Wallenberg than Chad or not Chad than Claudio. Chad's in love and has given up podcasting. No, Claudio's in love. Chad's given up podcasting. Well, we're going to have to do something about getting Claudio back on air. Yeah. Have to drag him on here every once in a while. Uh, anyway, uh, he, he, he wrote, he sent me a message over on Facebook. No, it was Google plus sent me a message over on Google plus. It said, uh, let's see, Linux in the ham shack episode 87. I literally LOL'd. Yes, I'm in love indeed. And I am one lucky SOB to have her in my life. Ha 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 ha. Thanks for the shout out. Russ K5TUX and Richard KB5JBV, totally unexpected, but it made my day. I'll also see uh, what I can do about our uber laziness in the podcast arena. And that would be Claudio. Claudio, Claudio. Yes, that's right. It's not, women dream of lassoing a podcaster. Because we, we all do our game for just about anything. What do you think, Russ? Yes. See, Russ's game for anything. Pie, slickery booby mountains, the smell of fish, everything. 
everything. Yes. Ha. Yes. All right. So uh, we're <laughs> Thanks, running a little Claudio. long. Running a little long, kiddos. Y'all got any questions before we go ahead and uh, head on down uh, the path to the next episode in two weeks? Nope. No questions. Let's move on. Oh, well, Russ is done. He's, he's ready to <laughs> right. go get some pie. You got to work. <laughs> I got to work. Episode 80, 88 was not exactly the best episode ever. So. Uh, <laughs> i thought it had its moments it did have its moments we just took too long it's kind of like a kind of like a bit of classical music where the good parts at the end oh except the 1812 overture the good parts in the middle okay well no wait a minute the cannons are at the end yeah well this we're not tchaikovsky so <laughs> gesundheit yes all right no if anything, we are the Wagners of amateur radio and Linux podcasting. Well, at least we're not we, like Bill, and we're not the X-Lax of podcasting. <laughs> or X- <laughs> <laughs> I just said that because Bill keeps things moving along. <laughs> he, he's, he's like fiber. Every 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 system needs fiber. Oh, I'm just digging that hole again. I'm not. All right. Yeah, I think we've had enough. It's getting late. He's right. We got to go to work in the morning. So with that, I'll say that my name is Richard KB5JBV, and you can get a hold of me at KB5JBV at gmail.com. KB5JBV at gmail.com. Or friend me over on Facebook. Come look for me. I'm KB5JBV, and I'm on Google Plus, too. Uh, as far as the others, I can't guarantee them at this point in time. So with that, going to toss it on over to Russ and, 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 and y'all listen to his stuff. Yes, this is Russ K5TUX and I'm broadcasting live from between the peaks in the pine forest of North Central Arkansas. You can reach me at info at lhspodcast.info and that email will go to Richard as well. You can find out everything you need to know about the show at lhspodcast.info, including new links on the front page for signing up for the mailing list and becoming a member of the podcast with special benefits if you decide to join. So go ahead and check that out. Um, You can leave a message for us on our voice line at 909-547-7469. That's 909-547-7469. You can find me on all the social networks out there, Google+, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Uh, J.R. Woodman. And, um, you know, I think you've heard all of this all before. So anyway, I think that's about it for episode number 88 of Linux in the Ham Shack. We're going to get out of here, and we'll catch you all in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to send it back down to that little cardboard box in the Trinity River Basin in northeast Texas, where Richard's going to close us out by saying, Y'all keep keep your ears open for a super secret, uh, uh, quiet, don't-tell-nobody kind of project coming out from Richard in the near future. It's going to be a surprise. See y'all later.
had me a radio where I had to hold the wires together to make it work once. 